0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Hey, Ian, have you ever
1: had someone call in to share your own wisdom with you?
2: Uh, No, that's a little strange. (laughs) Uh, Why?
1: (laughs) I realize that's kind of what I'm doing today. Uh, It's your wisdom from 2008 or maybe 2007. Uh, So uh, there was an interesting broadcast you had where you were sharing, you know, how people had burned out, you know, after getting their hopes too high during the Ron Paul uh, campaign. Sure. Uh, And uh, I think, I feel like we're kind of in a similar mode right now to, to, you know, the the height of the Ron Paul campaign before that burnout uh, set in. I think in New Hampshire right now there's a sort of a euphoric uh, thing going on. People are very optimistic. Suddenly it feels like there's all kinds of things we can do that we could never do before Mm -hmm. for liberty. Um, But I I think it would not be surprising to me that despite that, if we actually do pretty badly in the uh, the coming elections, Uh, Uh, as we have before when we're in this situation, right? As we, you know, we we did badly with the, you know, kind of somewhat badly with the Ron Ron Paul thing. And we've been, you know, we've been thrown out of power several, several, you know, several times now, depending on how you
3: We were in power?
1: Uh, Well, sort of. Nobody told me. (laughs) It's a toehold. It's a toehold of power, right?
2: Um, I think what you're referring to is a sort of the ebbs and flows of the libertarians here in New Hampshire Mm -hmm. getting elected, that some years there weren't as many elected as other years. Is that what you mean by Mm -hmm. what you're talking about, Ridley?
1: Yeah. Or when uh, Benson, Craig Benson, the governor, who was friendly, completely friendly to us, was thrown out right after that, um, that kind of thing could happen again. And well, let's he, clarify he
2: something. It. Before you go on, the, the governor you're talking about uh, at the time, he made some kind of statement regarding the Free State Project, which had, I think had just barely selected New Hampshire. So there really wasn't any movement mm-hmm. at that time uh, of which to speak. And I think he said something to the effect of, yeah, come on in. We'd love to have you, basically. I mean, That's a paraphrase mm-hmm. of whatever it was. So I don't think his statement uh, in any way contributed to his not getting elected.
4: I don't think Republicans in general are going to do very well this election. I, I think it belongs wholesale to the Democrats. You
2: think at a state level? I, I think at all case? levels
4: across the board. Uh, forgiving student loan debt, that that, that, was, that was a killer. You think uh, they're
2: going to buy people with that? On top, that the idea?
4: Yeah, on top of that and the status of Rovers abortion right now, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Democrats all the way. I don't like it, but I think that's what the results are going to be.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. I think some other people would say that Republicans have uh, a leg up this time around because of all the corruption that's that's come out with the Hunter Biden, the FBI mm. uh, going to. Ah,
4: but they just raided Trump as well. And that looks even worse. Yeah, And
3: the thing about fascists, they tend to have the ability to be completely unaware of the corruption of their own side. Sure. i mean they uh, pretty much just straight denial
2: yeah yeah absolutely.
3: um you know and uh so i i don't know i i could see it going uh going either way um
2: yeah me but too but
3: the uh i would i would not be surprised just because um you know a lot of the real control freaks have noticed us and awakened oh, yeah. for a little while And, uh, you know, I think, and right now, I mean, they seem to be tricking some people into believing we're like Trump supporters or something, Mm -hmm. um, which is annoying, um, Sure. Well, they're the going to lie.
2: The haters are going to lie yeah. about us and they're going to collectivize. They're going to say, uh, I think you, you made this point the other night at uh, an event we had here in Keene, that there's a group, uh, there was a free stater apparently, purportedly, who came out with a list of churches recently yeah. in New Hampshire and they're quote unquote woke churches. And well, s- not
3: all of them are woke, but but it's noted on one edge of the list like what the politics of each Uh church is so in some cases um as i understand it 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 says oh yeah these guys are kind of conservative these guys are kind of woke i haven't even seen the list and you know and so they they make these this assumption that of course we hate the ones that are woke and it's like well you know if i was going to go to a christian church well, uh, I'd, I'd ask myself why. But if I was going to go to a Christian church, I would be looking for one that was at least halfway woke mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not a straight
2: man. Historically, midterms have, at least in recent decades, have usually been sort of a a pendulum swing back. So if the Democrats won in in the year two, uh, 2020, then the Republicans will win in 2022. Arya, you're saying you don't necessarily think that's going to be the case because of the Roe versus Wade situation and some other thing that I've forgotten.
4: Yeah, I think the way I Student said it during the break payoff. was that um, on the spectrum of things that could happen, I think the Democrats taking a majority or being being overwhelming. Not, I don't know about overwhelmingly, but being mostly successful is the one that I find most likely
2: well it's gonna be interesting i think that one prediction i had heard is that both the republicans and the democrats are going to turn out more people because the democrats are going to be motivated because of the reasons we've already stated but the republicans are going to be motivated because of the attack on trump for instance like with the fbi coming in Mm -hmm. they want to do something about it and that's of course i think democrats
4: care a lot more about abortion than republicans do about trump though
3: you might be right that that may be true but you know the other thing that's that 's been going on that even i 've been finding annoying is um just the incessant whining of the Democrats about Trump, even two years after he 's out of mm-hmm. law office it 's just this constant throne.
4: Oh, dude, you can't even go to MSNBC anymore. It's just disgusting. I don't know if it's still like this, but last time I checked, it was just Trump this. If they weren't talking about Trump, they were talking about the January 6th riots. It's like, this dude's been out of... Riots? How dare you? It was an insurrection. (laughs) (laughs) The science is settled. I think they use riots on MSNBC more often than they use insurrection.
2: That's more honest than I would expect from them. Across the U.S., obviously, I think there's going to be a lot of turnout, more so than your typical midterm elections. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me how things go. I understand a lot of people put some, you know, stock in what happens in national elections. As somebody who believes in independence, uh, mm-hmm. I want to go. I want to leave, regardless of whether the Republicans or Democrats win. Uh, no oh, absolutely whichever side wins, of course, will be the side to which uh, the other side should be marketed to as far as independence is concerned. so whoever loses uh, mm. will be more ripe for the ideas of leaving the United states so i'll I'll target anybody with that
3: yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the case. I think the chances of um I think the chances of actually seeing some some progress along those lines are higher uh if the democrats end up running the government because the uh you know the problem is the the democrats kind of need the republicans as victims because most of the uh most of the the people who are actually in business are not Democrats. So, yeah. uh, you know, they they need them as tax cattle, whereas the Republicans don't need the Democrats for anything. Hmm. They're just an annoyance to them. Um,
2: and we're seeing a lot more of national divorce trending right now. Yes, we're seeing a lot of God. upset amongst Republicans at things like the FBI for mm-hmm. the first time in many cases. And so certainly a Democrat Democrat win would continue that frustration and that upset yeah. with those with those folks. And I think that mm-hmm. that we could certainly benefit uh, from playing off of that to some extent.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm really curious because there was. It looked like it was going to be a Republican sweep, mm-hmm. and not then, so
2: much now, though. No, yeah.
3: no. Not I mean, the strategically Wade. doing the Roe versus Wade thing now was a terrible plan mm-hmm. for them.
4: It was yeah. weird to watch it though, because at first I thought it was going to go the opposite direction. Like when the when it was first leaked, rather mm-hmm. than when it was official it seemed to inspire the Republican base. They were like, yes, we're making progress. And they were excited. But then it actually happened and Republicans were no longer excited. And instead, Democrats were the ones who were passionate about it. So that really could have gone either way, Mm. right? With the Republicans cheering them like, yes, we need more of this.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I saw Democrats being passionate immediately. I mean, they went out when the leak happened. They immediately went to the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court and started protesting around the clock, basically. Sure, I I feel like that's definitely going to motivate a lot of people. But ultimately, uh, we'll see. It's
3: interesting that of all the possible rights in the world, that's the only one they care about now. Mm. I mean, they used to care about things like free speech. Democrats.
2: Well, they care about other rights. There's a lot of uh, speculation right now. Like, for instance, if you go to uh, Drudge Report, the top story is trump indictment watch with a picture of donald trump wearing orange obviously photoshopped indictment watch really well people believe and it's not an unreasonable belief at this stage that trump's going to be indicted within some amount of time Mm -hmm. and so the question is will they if they're gonna indict him will they do it before or after the election and what would happen whichever way Mm -hmm. like if they do it beforehand is that going to result in more people, you know, on the right-hand side turning out? Will it result in actual violence and "quote-unquote" civil war, as some people have been uh, predicting? It's a, it's an interesting time, that's for sure.
4: I think whether Donald Trump did anything illegal according to their rules or not, and from what I can tell, it sounds like he didn't. I, I think this is one
2: they—you don't think he did by secreting uh, allegedly secreting documents away from no, because the he government? had a,
4: he had a standing order that the media isn't talking about that any document that he removed from office was automatically declassified. That mm-hmm. that yeah. he had that standing order, and he's the president; he can do that.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing about declassification, as I understand it, is I don't believe. There's any particular procedure that a Democrat or that a a Democrat that a president has to go to to declassify a thing. I think he can just say, yeah, that's declassified. now." Really? So so the thing is proving that he didn't declassify the
2: stuff, even if he didn't might be really difficult. Hmm. Um, well, I got to say, I don't know all the legal details. It's first I've heard that. Was that like an executive order or something yeah. that you're referring to?
4: Well, I don't know if it was actually something that he wrote down or what, but I mean, it was just the policy that he had. If he removed something from the office and it was automatically declassified.
2: Well, do you think the FBI isn't aware of that?
4: No, they're aware of it. They're just saying that that's an unlawful uh, policy for him. They're saying, uh, you know, you're not allowed to do that.
2: Well, according to... Let's see, who is this? It's an opinion piece. And that's if the media
4: says anything at all about it. Most of them just ignore it.
2: This is an opinion piece written by, I believe, an attorney. Let me double check that. A national security attorney working in D.C. His name is Bradley Moss. He believes... That Donald Trump is going to be indicted by a federal grand jury. And he says that even with all the redactions, the probable cause affidavit that was published by a magistrate judge in Florida makes clear three points. One, Trump was in unauthorized possession of national defense information, namely properly marked classified documents. But you're saying that those were then unclassified by virtue of the fact that Trump simply possessed them. This is being reported in various different places. RT.com. That's Russia Today. Uh, the source here, that uh, two people have been killed at least and 19 injured in clashes between security forces and supporters of influential Shiite cleric Muqtada al-Sadr. Near- See, this is already confusing.
4: Mm. Uh, how did they describe the, the security forces? Uh, from my recollection of Iraq, security forces meant the, the American military. Mm. what well,
3: or- are the... I mean, the Americans, as I understand it, are mostly
2: out now.
4: But they are still physically there. There's still there.
2: some that are there. It's not but why a total... Not,
4: but why not the police or the Iraqi military? Mm-hmm. Why, why this terminology? And security it's, forces. It's yeah. almost unique to Iraq or events happening in Iraq that these hmm. security forces come into play instead of just... Uh, most people would call them the Iraqi police, police yeah. or the and, Iraqi military.
2: And to be clear, it's not just RT that's doing it. It's also... I had another article by The Sun in the UK which also describes them as security forces. Well, who the hell are these security <laughs> Security forces. Presumably they're the government agents that are de- trying to defend the palace. Well,
3: as I understand a good it, question. Um, there are a lot of like kind of semi-organized militias mm-hmm. that provide some security out there that are like tribal um, yeah. so it may well be that they're not describing them because they're not easily categorized.
2: Or maybe because there's more than one of them that's in play.
3: Yeah, that's, that's also possible. I would things. imagine that with something like that going on, to the extent that they can get them to actually show up and fight, which historically has been a problem with the Iraqi uh, security forces, um... You know, I would expect all of them. I mean, I'd expect to see military, police, uh, the tribal militias. I'd expect to see everybody in the mix.
4: But see, you just said it. Tribal militias. It's not hard for them to call these people militias instead of these vague, unknown security forces of unknown Mm
2: -hmm. origin. That's a good point. Uh, Sky News Arabia has reported this, citing Iraqi medical sources. This is taking place near what they call the Republican Palace, uh, the U.S. State Department denied reports. They that-
3: actually call it the Republican Palace? Is that because Bush built it? No, if you recall. <laughs> they had the Republican Guard right. as well. Right. I know. That's what I was going to reference. <laughs> uh,
2: and I don't know if the Republican Guard exists anymore. The deaths uh, took place in the middle of the fortified green zone where the palace and well, – I guess it's not fortified now uh, – where the palace and the U.S. embassy are situated. According to the sources, earlier hundreds of protesters had pulled down concrete barriers and stormed the palace. This came after al-Sadr announced his resignation from politics following months of failed attempts to form a government in the face of opposition from rival Iran-allied Shia factions – That's the interesting
3: thing to me is, uh, is Iran was always Shia Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Iraq was Sunni. So it seems like the, uh, um,
2: the cleric who resigned is a Shiite.
3: uh, Yeah. Yeah. So that would be, um, that, that would be generally or historically more associated with Iran than with, Mm. than with Iraq. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind kind of interesting. Hussein was a uh, was a Sunni, um, and he uh, he didn't like the Shiites very much.
2: Shortly before news the casualties broke, the news agency AFP reported gunshots could be heard echoing over the Green Zone, and they include a couple clips of people on the streets recording some of the stuff that was gunshots going
4: on. suggest it was an actual insurrection, or one Somebody might say shooting. a
2: riot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was a shot. Uh, fired inside the US Capitol by a security agent uh, American sh- security uh, forces who shot a unarmed woman uh-huh. and killed her. So I mean there's gunshots. Lucky safety. for him she was white. Yeah, and there's uh, but in this case the gunshots are ongoing. There's multiple videos taken during the day and then now at nighttime with conflict uh happening. According to the story, the Iraqi military responded to the breaching of the palace by declaring a citywide curfew as military reinforcements were hurried in to deal with the crowds of the al-Sadr loyalists flooding into the green zone. Water cannons were used to repel the demonstrators, and running battles between security officers and protesters were reported. Iraq's caretaker prime-time minister, or prime minister <laughs> and an ally of al-Sadr named Mustafa al-Kadhimi called on the crowds to withdraw from the area but that apparently has not happened uh at this point
4: so what was the catalyst of this the, the people were upset that the current was president resigning. was resigning
2: it doesn't say he was the president it says he was a influential shiite cleric who gave his resignation so it's not clear <laughs> what exactly his role in the government at least not from this story it's not clear what he did
4: I wouldn't even want to be that popular where my resignation caused people to riot, man. Screw that. If you think we're completely
3: wrong about something, and you want to call in, tell us we're idiots. You can do that.
2: Yes, it's okay. And I wish more people would uh, call in to uh, to oppose us. the The other thing the guy said, and so that was one compliment. Was like, yeah, you guys are actually doing it live, and almost no one else really does that, which was a surprise to me not not knowing. You know, I mean, I don't listen to the other shows, right? So I have no idea right. what what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but he did say he thought some of the callers suck sarah he specifically named but it's like he actually listens right like a lot of uh that's refreshing yeah a lot mm. of our program directors you know we're the night show they're not tuning in uh in his case it's a west coast station so we're afternoon drive there and so he is there in the office and he's he's listening to us uh and i was like i said yeah he said you know i actually listen to your show i said yeah i can tell you know who sarah is if you yeah. listen to free talk live you know who sarah is sarah so. But you can I don't know. Sarah can be interesting. She can but, be,
4: but you, more often than not, yeah, she's boring and talking about
2: pedestrians or whatever. You can. Uh, she's a pedestrian car. <laughs> she is, and uh, I think sometimes it can be an interesting conversation with with her and us. And there are some people who love, uh, you know, our conversations with Sarah. So it's like. Well, you-
4: I think they love it from a sarcastic viewpoint you know it's like how big of a fool can sarah make of herself today sure. sort of thing but they still
2: enjoy it and that okay yeah, so true. i think it just uh she's gonna rub some people the wrong way and some people like it you yeah. can't you just can't make everybody happy so that's why i say though the phones are open and one of the things i do enjoy hearing about beyond people that uh disagree with us because that's obviously the most interesting kind of conversations we can have But also, I like hearing about libertarians doing things. Like, what kind of activism is happening? What are the cool... You know, I don't want to hear about a politician. That's not what I mean by doing things. Libertarians running for office, not interesting to me. That happens all over the place. It's not unique. But if you're doing something unique, something that's pretty interesting or exciting, and you want people to know about it, I'd love to hear about it. You know, something that could inspire other people. Like, if you're doing some sort of libertarian outreach project or or whatever it might be that... You know, maybe people need to hear about because they could take that idea and run with it where they are, for instance. Oh, well,
3: in that case, I've got two libertarian outreach projects going on right now. Okay. Uh, one has started. The other hasn't. The one that has started is Saturday nights at 1030. We're doing beard talk live. And that's uh, myself, Peakless Mountaineer and uh, and uh, Captain Captain Kickass and we have the most magnificent birds on the show there's a second project and it's a, it's a little more iffy mm-hmm. i'm uh, i'm hoping to find somebody to uh to produce it um but basically it will be free tech live and basically it will be kind of a deep dive um into uh some of the technical issues um both of the present and things that I that I foresee in the future. So uh so talking about both uh developing cell four one one and how do you do a uh a uh a decentralized secure uh messaging app. Um so you're
2: talking about like programming level kind of discussion, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. And and so uh it's uh, so this would be even more technical than, say, Chris Wade, our Friday night co-host, his show "Freedom Decrypted," which kind of covers the news in the world of tech mm-hmm. from a informed technical perspective. You're talking about getting into the nitty gritty of like maybe even opening up a programming, uh, mm-hmm. like you could screencast your your screen yeah. and literally program on the air, basically. Kind yeah, of
3: stuff. and and what I'm hoping to do in in the process of doing this, one of the things that I hope to do is crowdsource some solutions mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to things. And so if I if I manage to get an audience that's that's interested and uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to,
2: I don't know what the hell to do about that. And somebody calls in, you oh, know, yeah, interesting idea. similar. I've heard issue. that people, I don't know if it was you who told me that, but somebody told me that like, sort of like people watch video, people play video games online. Mm-hmm. There are people who watch people play like program.
4: It seems to me the logical course of action would be if the government fails to get a conviction a unanimous conviction then that's the end of it right a hung trial should be consider- a hung jury should be considered a verdict of not guilty I as far as i'm you. concerned otherwise you yeah. have this situation here where the federal government could just keep trying these people over Forever. and over and over until they get the conviction that they want whether right. it's fair and just or not it's absolutely insane what's you, they, should, they should get one trial, yeah. one opportunity to find you guilty, and if they fail, that's it.
2: I would love yeah. for that change to be made. I don't know what it would take. I don't know if that's a constitutional thing or if that's just something that is part of the court system. They can never change it. Like, where'd that one come from? They could certainly change it, right? I mean,
4: or if they wanted to. The problem is they don't want to because they benefit wow. from being able to try people
2: indefinitely.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're gonna be a terrorist, you gotta be able to keep people afraid. Yep, exactly.
2: All right, so Arya, what do we uh, need to know? What's what's the latest development? Because those the the two guys they retried got found guilty. They did on the retrial,
4: and this this could offer a suggestion as to why. So a coworker. Recently alerted a defense attorney that one of the jurors was allegedly biased. And the reason I'm skipping forward to the second paragraph is because the first paragraph of this, for whatever reason, journalists, they they don't know how to write anymore. So it assumes Hmm. that you have all of this information available about what's going on. They say a juror seated on the recent trial of two men convicted of attempting to kidnap Governor Whitmer. That was the most recent result. These two men were found guilty According to a transcript of a meeting the juror had with U.S. District Court Judge Robert Junker, he denied having said that the men would hang and liken the encounter with the judge to that of getting called to the principal's office. That's how they opened this article. Hmm. It's very vague, and if you don't know what they're already talking about, it's, it's useless. So this coworker claimed that this juror, and it doesn't actually... The coworker
2: s- of the juror.
4: Yes, it doesn't mm-hmm. say the juror's name, so we're just going to have to call him the juror said that the men on trial would receive a guilty verdict and hang should he, the juror, be seated. Judge Jonker determined that the juror was fit to serve after an investigation showed the accusation was not corroborated and provided secondhand Mm -hmm. through another coworker. The transcript released Friday details a short meeting between the judge and the juror on August the 12th,
2: a day so, after... So, hold on. You're saying that this was brought to the judge's attention? The allegation about what this juror allegedly said to another coworker which was that he would guarantee this person gets a guilty fi- uh, finding before mm-hmm. the trial even started. This is during jury selection.
4: Well, I I don't know. The the conversation happened on August the 12th, a day after the accusation came to light.
2: They referred to him as, at that time, I thought it was like a potential juror or something. He
4: may have—the timeline isn't very clear. He pro- I mean, he obviously said that
2: before he was a juror. Right, I was going to say this. Oh, right. It was a statement of his, like, if right. I'm seated on the on the jury. So this was brought to the judge's attention, and the judge just said— Well, it's hearsay. The juror said that they did not remember. I I got confused by the word
4: they there. Did not remember making statements about a guilty verdict or hanging. Nor did the juror talk with co-workers about being assigned to the kidnapping case, according to the transcript. Mm. The juror said they only told co-workers that they had jury duty. I didn't even know that this was the case until I came in Tuesday morning when I glanced at the TV. That doesn't mean that he wasn't sitting around the office and, man, I hope I get on the Whitmer case. I'm going to find them guilty. You know, you don't have to know that's the Mm -hmm. case you're going to be on if you know that there's any chance you could be on that case.
3: And given the unhinged hatred that's been coming out of the left, I'm not the least bit surprised.
4: So from your perspective, no reason to understand why anybody would have heard, overheard, or believed somebody else heard you say something like that, the judge said. Yes, the juror responded, Mm,
2: okay? That's interesting. I didn't even know there would have been a transcript of a judge-jury or judge-juror conversation that happened in chambers, right? This wasn't in open Mm, court. Good point. Was it? It sounded like he was in his office. It didn't say whether or not it was in open court.
3: Yeah, sometimes they will have a stenographer in in chambers. It depends on what they're doing.
4: Wow. So the judge, um, the guy should have been removed as far as I can tell for being a juror. I mean, even Mm -hmm. so get the, get the guy to kick him out. Yeah. I mean, all
3: he's losing is $15 a day. It's not like it hurts him. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the pay for a juror because they want to make sure they get the sharpest minds they can find on that jury. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, it costs him $15 a day. And by keeping him on that and giving the juror instead of the defendant the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they may have destroyed two lives.
4: Yeah. Um, well, that's what they do. And they described They liken it all to being called to the principal's office. You know, this juror, juror did having to go talk to the judge. Is like, Oh, I got called to the principal's mm-hmm. office. I'm in trouble. I better lie to get out of trouble. Out of yeah. yeah.
5: You don't have to have a heating source to stay alive. You just have to have a heating source to be comfortable. Um, You had answering the question. That's the
4: dumbest thing I've heard today, but okay. (laughs) Hold on.
5: (laughs) Well, it ain't the dumbest thing because I've lived it over and over and over again. You don't have to have You
4: live in New Mexico. Dude. It gets
5: to 30 below zero every year. 30
2: below zero?
5: Yes. Look at the weather record.
2: Wow. Okay. And so how do you keep warm without a heating source in 30 below zero temperature?
5: Well, if you were going to uh, stay warm without a heating source in 30 below, you would, you would look at the, uh, the Native American—well, you can look at Natives anywhere around the world, including uh, white people, Natives in Northern Europe. You would just uh, bundle up in warm wear, wear and make sure you have food, and you will stay warm.
4: Okay, so no one's ever frozen to death? Is that your <laughs> allegation here, David?
5: No, people have frozen to death, but uh, I, I doubt there are very many. Uh, I would I would bet there are almost zero um, people living in an indigenous manner, like I described, a primitive stone age manner. As long as they had hides to wrap around them and they had food to eat, even if they did not have fire, they they very it would be very rare that anyone would freeze to death.
2: Wow, that's almost
5: I, I,
4: unbelievable I, I, it's completely unbelievable it's utter nonsense is what eskimos, it is
5: there are eskimos a uh, politically incorrect term there are eskimos uh, inuit uh doing it to this very day every single year in alaska and all the and and everywhere else around the arctic circle hmm. all the way around the world they do it every year
2: yeah i guess they do have igloos right for uh to keep to trap whatever body heat that, in is that the idea that's
5: that's one thing. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. put up, if it goes to like, if it goes to like 40 or 50 below zero outside of an igloo, if you got four or five, you know, they travel in, in groups of people when they're when they're out hunting. Uh, there might be, there might only be two, or there may only be one, but usually four or five or six. And if you have four or five or six bodies inside a, you know, a 10 foot diameter, 12 foot diameter igloo, and it's 40, 50 below zero outside, it will be about five below inside which is uh, very comfortable compared to being outside.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, he's right about that. <laughs> I mean,
3: yeah, 115 <laughs> degrees is cool compared to being on fire.
6: I was listening to, um, a podcast, um, actually that I, I will plug cause it's actually one that you guys play. Are you and play on, um, the Liberty, Liberty radio network, um, dangerous history with, um, professor CJ Kilmer. Great, oh, yeah. great podcast. Great host. Um, He's been on my podcast. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great libertarian history podcast um, from a guy with a genuinely like open-minded but genuinely really informed libertarian perspective. So, guys, check that out. Okay. But I was listening to something about the American Revolution, and I really was thinking I had never really learned about that as an adult. And the myths we we learn as kids, the little oversimplifications and little stories we learn are not really useful as much as some you know libertarian-minded people might like the idea of the revolution and the patriots and all that all that jazz, but time to learn about it from an adult, and I'm learning about it from, um, you know, uh, Prop C.J. So, uh, but what I'm, I'm interested in libertarian things, property and such, but another thing that a lot of libertarians don't look at as much that I'm interested in is, is uh, class and the, the structure of society. Something that was really interesting about the, the colonies back then is with the, with the New World and the colonies and everything, there was a lot of people in society a lot of people in society did not have land and they were slaves or indentured servants mm-hmm. or folks and everything. But it's a lot of people that were small-time farmers that weren't elites but had some land, had some property in their name, farmed that property, you know, conducted their own trade. And so property rights and, and, uh, and uh, other individual rights and stuff were very, very important for them in that society. And so it kind of gave them – you know, the heirs of what we might call like early libertarian society at the time and made them much more apt to kind of, you know, be a bit, be a bit rebellious against the, uh, the crown, against the empire. Mm-hmm. Well, so that just shows there's a material base and a material kind of condition involved in um, having a lot of people with access to free enterprise and legitimately acquired property and um, having a large number of people, you know, having that kind of skin in the game, even in small amounts, and having the ability to trade and do free enterprise is kind of crucial, I think, that having libertarian values propagate the society.
0: And the uh, Eskimo heat source, their standard ancient procedure was just an old, simple wick oil lamp mm-hmm. powered by, you know, milk Oil, milk, milk, duh,
4: blender. right. Yeah. All
0: right, and that little flame and that enclosed thing will actually glaze the inside surface, seal it, bang, done.
2: Good to know yeah, that
4: makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. we all knew that you know, blubber and well oils and all that stuff was a big deal back then, particularly for some of these you know, Eskimo tribes and stuff like that. So, thank you for making that connection. I hadn't thought about it.
2: Yep, seems <laughs> obvious now. Yeah,
4: so, <laughs> so
0: the third point that uh, I just heard an interesting tidbit here. I don't remember who did the survey, but evidently, Michigan is the fourth laziest state
2: in the country. Really? What's the first yep, three? Yep. The, what's the most well, lazy?
0: Well, I'll I'll get to that, but okay. first I got to give you the basis on which I know that the uh, information was ascertained. Okay, they cleaned. Um, who who has like a second job or does volunteer work? And I think there was a third category, but it ain't sparking. <clears throat> hmm. So anyway, the uh, the two three laziest states, and here we're going to give street credit to New Mexico again. We got <laughs> beat by Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and. Dun, 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 New Mexico.
3: Wow! Well, New Mexico though is going to be skewed by having Sarah there. I mean, that's probably <laughs> that that's probably twisting the whole curve.
0: Oh, Dave! Dave will go over and light up her heater. I'm sure.
2: Zipia dot com: the ten laziest states. They say here that. Uh... Do
3: they mention Sarah? Do they? <laughs> You know, well, they I,
2: I mentioned New Mexico, but well, I'm not surprised but, to hear Massachusetts and Rhode Island mentioned. Oh, yeah. They say in a uh, meticulous, well-thought-out, and painstaking methodology, we narrowed down our list to the 10 laziest states in the country. You I'm sure all means? of that is true. Yeah, right. Uh, they, how do they determine it? Well, they started with data to answer the hard questions. Uh, in this case, we went to the latest version of the American Community Survey looking for answers. As luck would have it, the Census Bureau released the 2010 to 2014 five year estimate, which makes this analysis the first of its kind with new data. And if you consider new to be from 2010 to 2014, after scrolling through what seemed like hundreds of criteria, they settled on this set lowest number uh, of average hours worked, shortest commute time, fewest workers per household. Uh, labor force divided by the number of households, highest unemployment rate, and the fewest adults with a college degree. Although I don't agree that well, it should so matter far, who has a college degree.
4: So far, all of that criteria is just going to tell us which states are most successful.
2: Right. Right. That just because point.
4: I only have to work, you know, just because someone only mm-hmm. has to work, you know, 15
2: hours a week doesn't mean they're lazy. What if you can pay all your bills right. by working at me? Yeah, it's good. And point.
3: unemployment seems to be the wrong thing to measure because the way they count unemployment, it actually measures how many people are looking for work. Mm-hmm. So really, work pace, work, uh, workforce participation, which is the gross percentage of the workers who are actually working might be a better mm-hmm. indication of how uh, lazy uh, lazy people are. The other thing that they don't consider there is what's the level of gray market activity like? Because it may well be that people mm-hmm. are very industriously selling weed. Um, and, and that's not uh, going to be
2: cal- cataloged. That's,
3: that's not going to be counted.
2: Well... You, you guys bring up some really great points, uh, and the site just threw everything behind a paywall. But I will well, of say... Of course they did. Their number one uh, result was also New Mexico. So, <laughs> apparently, on more yeah. than one uh, It would scale. be
3: interesting to get Sarah to briefly move out of New Mexico and do that measurement again, see if it changes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and,
2: uh, and New Mexico is kind of... It does have a reputation as a welfare state.
3: I would think if the Russians stopped selling natural gas... To Europe, I mean, they're they're not just going to huff it, so so they've got to do something. It's going to China.
2: It's going to India, and that's
3: the thing. If China and India start buying gas and uh, gas and oil from Russia, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to be buying it. From whoever they were previously buying True. it from, so it seems like that person would be freed up to ship mm. it to Europe. Well, as I understand it, um, China, although, of course, and India, the are... lack of pi- pipelines would be a problem because they've gotten established routes. Yeah. But
4: as I understand it, China and India are simply buying more now than they were buying before. So it's not mm. like there's a mm. they're buying it from a different supplier. There's a now there's a bigger supply and they want it and can put it to use. Mm. Well, of That's course, that does
3: happen when, um,
4: generally only when, when prices drop, though. I mean, Well, the price did go down for them. It went up for the people in Europe, but it went down for the people in China and India because Russia likes China and India. Mm. But it's intentionally mm. squeezing Europe well, right now, intentionally to drive up the absolutely. prices and to milk it for all it's worth. No.
3: Yeah, and, it- you know, I'd probably be doing the same thing if, sure. you know, if I was in that position, Europe's- not that I expect to be ever become a mass murderer <laughs> but, sure. uh, but they reduced you know, the supply. If I was engaged in mass murder, and people were upset at me I'd <laughs> probably jack your gas prices if I there could, yeah.
4: But, I mean they um, did reduce the supply to 20% of what it was and yeah. I mean as we know if you reduce the supply by 80% price, price is going to go up unless and, yeah, you know somebody else did. can come
2: in can swing in with a with a new supply but as you point out yeah. you know if there's no pipeline then you got to move the stuff in tanks or whatever
3: and and the thing and is and going to be costly if it wasn't for the fracking ban I mean the thing that really cost...
2: is there one in Europe it wouldn't surprise me
3: uh there's one in America now. okay Mm. uh joe biden as i understand it put it in his first day in office
2: was as an executive order i i assume interesting i did not know that um i i don't don't quote
3: me on that i have that on on hearsay but you know it it wouldn't be admissible in in court except possibly doing during void air okay
1: we're going to be putting in seven real-time cameras downtown along you are
2: with wait, wait you're you get are up obsessed there with a, you're gonna get up there with a drill and uh and a, a screwdriver and you're gonna install these things
3: i think that's wonderful you've cookie. got a job i'm very happy for you <laughs> <laughs>
2: what's well, that i mean
0: i it's for, uh for um for um surveillance For people that are
1: crazy, I mean, they
0: have... So you're going to be climbing up
2: on towers and installing cameras?
4: (laughs) No, our city of Albuquerque, I mean, the city, the city of, the part of the AP. So you're not actually... She's an Albuquerque nationalist. Mm -hmm. So you're not actually doing anything, right, Sarah?
1: (laughs) No, I'm just just bringing it up in support of it. It's a really good idea. You're just calling
2: um, National Talk Radio to talk about this. Uh, right but you're not doing well, I mean, we well maybe anything.
3: maybe people in other parts of the country will be like I can't listen to these calls anymore. I'm going to call those people in New, in in New Mexico and tell them, "Look, put in some red lead, red light cameras. Make this lady happy. There's got to be something else going on she in here." She
2: won't be happy after this. If if they put in a camera at every intersection in Albuquerque, one red light and one mm-hmm. speeding camera, Sarah, you wouldn't be happy because then people would still be smoking in public, and they would be doing all kinds of things to piss you off, right? If you send me a hold I want to hear a response. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Okay, this is this is a surveillance camera, real time. It's nothing to do with tickets at all. This is right, but you didn't answer that, uh... my
2: question. I mean, if that you call frequently now, to your credit, you have called about other issues. You, you're not just calling about cameras, although it is your big one these days. Uh, you've called about cameras you love red light cameras you love speeding cameras the more monitoring the government has the more excited you get but that's not going to make you happy is it like if, if, there, if every intersection gets a camera or two you're still not going to be happy you're not going to be satisfied with that right
3: I mean you can't get hit by fewer cars 25 years you haven't been hit by a single one <laughs> only 22 so far well, that's oh, it's twenty. On my
1: feet. So,
3: so were you? Are you twenty-two years old, or did you get hit by a car twenty-two years ago? No, she. We, I well, never
1: have gotten hit by a car, especially 22, 23 years living in Albuquerque. That's a miracle. Oh, it's twenty-three, I mean, not I
4: wanna, twenty-two. I want, oh, she's only been a pedestrian that. for twenty-three years, Wait, right? Did you drove? drive
3: before
0: that? Well, I drove when I was like eighteen or twenty-one.
3: What's the line from Star Trek? Never will you see such a depraved hive of villainy and filth.
2: Sounds close. I think that's close to what it was. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. That was Star,
3: Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, it was Star Wars. Yeah. Did I say Star Trek? You did, yeah. Oh, wow. They're
4: interchangeable. I mean, no. Dude, it's the same thing. No,
3: no, no. This isn't fans
2: screaming at their It's the same thing.
3: Absolutely not.
2: No, they're they're pretty different. I mean, yeah, I know I like Star Wars.
3: I, I like them both that's for different like reasons. like saying that a that, a, that, a, that, a, that, a, that a raspberry tort is the same as you know Ben and Jerry's ice cream. It's <laughs> it like, is the
4: same. There's there, they're, they're both desserts. No, look, I, I know. Look, there's a huge difference between Star Wars and Star Trek, no doubt. I just like, you know, yeah. trolling people. Said, I mean, and that's one of the best tone, ways to do it. One.
3: The politics are very different. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, Star Wars is technically, at least if you look at the first trilogy, kind of pro freedom. It has mm. lines that cross. Well,
4: it anti-imperialism.
3: It it has lines that cross. But Leia was a my, my mind all the time, like. So that's how Liberty dies. The thundering applause. The thundering applause. Yeah.
4: That was also the prequels. Yeah, that was the prequels. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because that was Natalie Portman, and I- yeah, I'll watch that makes anything sense. that Natalie Portman said. <laughs> <laughs>
3: she was adorable in V for Vendetta.
2: I've never seen her not be adorable. Mm. She had her head shaved, though. I mean, that's not my preference. <gasps> as as I don't know. Go. I dated a bald chick for a while. Did you?
4: I could tolerate it, it but was, like uh, it wouldn't be my preference as well. She's not know.
2: feminine enough. Yeah,
4: me.
3: it was kind of you know. weird. It was kind of weird. When we were having sex. I'd run my fingers through my own hair. Scarcity in the Star Trek universe does not exist. Exactly. So a post scarcity un uh, a, a post scarcity uh, universe. Uh, it it, and of course they're not completely uh, post scarcity, but but that. Basically, economics doesn't exist right. in a post scarcity universe because mm. economics is defined as the study of how societies use, uh, use, uh, scarce goods to supply unlimited human desires. Mm. But the thing is, eventually you can't eat another bite. You know, so eventually it is certainly possible that things will become a great deal less scarce and mm-hmm. people will have to find other things to do with their time Um because. They really don't need that much like anymore. Like build spaceships
4: and explore. But, but the thing, thing that's is, what the only way
3: we would ever get there is through free market. Mm. That's
4: what people have written about this, the Star Trek universe, right? It's that yeah, mm. the Star Trek Enterprise, all of that stuff. Starfleet is looks great, but if you well, look at the oh, military, finish, please, if okay. you look at what life is actually like for the average person on Earth, it's a dystopian nightmare where they, they in that series, you mean? Yeah, where they're essentially just like the people in the movie. Uh, uh Wally, where they're just uh, fat, sloven, lazy world. people because mm-hmm. there's nothing for them to do with their time. Okay,
3: that's not borne out by the canon of Star of Star Trek. What I didn't you say see that it was. Uh, is is a lot of people like the scientists fact, who are just born out. studying things? They're just doing that as a hobby because that's what they want to do. You know what I would do? Yeah, there's a reason. If Star Trek I won never the lottery on Earth. and I never had to work again. I'd sit around and write open source code because I love doing it. Most podcasters don't have to, you know, 200 radio stations to broadcast on. They don't. So that changes what's the effective use of their time because the people listening on on regular radio aren't going to benefit from video. But we don't have that in a late show. So it makes sense for us to focus more on on video and i'm hoping olivia gets her butt up here sometime soon because i i i'm thinking that she would be a good co-host for to do
2: something
4: very with. very well possibly um so the i'm not that- sure beard talk live would be the right place for her though well
2: i heard that they might have a, uh, uh, a strap no on beard. not
4: unless she's uh-huh. gonna go
2: wasn't that your idea to bring a strap-on beard into the, the studio, or was that Captain's um, one of y'all had that we, idea?
3: We I do remember us us discussing the, that we might we might bring in fake beards. Yeah,
2: in the case of somebody who doesn't have a beard needing to sit in to replace one of the the usuals. Uh, but so the and point, if you bring a clam and the clam has the beard, that that's okay. The point of uh, what you're saying there is, you know, it's hard to to be all things at once, and so we well, are a radio it is. show. Uh, We're a radio show that has always had an internet presence. Mm -hmm. We've always uh, made our full radio show available for downloads with the only editing being cutting out commercial breaks and cutting out the news breaks. And that uh, that leaves you a two-hour-long show. When it comes down, you know, take a three-hour show on the radio, take it into a two-hour podcast, mm-hmm. but still, that's a long time, and it still contains a lot of radio-related stuff, like resetting when we come back from break, kind of setting the table about what the topic is over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And it could be that some podcast listeners are just like, "Yeah, this, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not into this," you know. So maybe yeah. switching from that to a format that just takes the highlights of the radio show, cuts a two-hour radio show mm-hmm. down to a 45-minute. Uh, radio show. Maybe that's what, you know, the magic sauce we've been looking for this whole time, yeah. or maybe it won't work at all. I mean, we have to try something new, so that's what we're going to do starting on se- uh, September 1st.
3: If, you know, that actually, if you could figure out how to capitalize on it, that would probably be a really good business for. Uh, for somebody because it happens all the time that i'll turn on like uh megan uh, megan kelly or or viva fry up uh mm-hmm. who's down in florida now i think he left the canada. canadian guy yeah you left canada i think huh um i might be wrong you might have been on vacation Maybe.
0: you know you're talking about star trek uh and uh gene Roddenberry. i think i think gene Roddenberry was more of a historian than a uh than a uh, oh, a person to present uh, communism or anything because if you look at all the different shows that he did, he would do a whole show on a particular government. Uh, he did Nazis. Hmm. He did uh, um, he did the old mob back in the thirties. He did um,
3: Sicily is the only country on earth that has ever exported their government at a profit.
0: <laughs> who who was that
3: uh um the sicilian government sicily. The basically the mafia was the government of the of the of the uh of sicily by virtue of it was more or less anarchy there and and so people would uh, you except know, they had there, a violence. there were tribal tribal guys who basically they had they had a big family and and they were used to governing a kind of governing a, a tribe and so you know people would hire them to to for actual protection. Yeah, but you know because they any- wanted protection. Now, of course. Yeah, hold on,
4: no, 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 no. You know they grew than into anyone. a
3: government, and I can tell you exactly when they crossed the line into the government. It was when. Uh, Because usually if a salesman doesn't make a sale, he gives you a business card and he says, well, if you if you have any second thoughts or any questions, give me a call. The mafia come down and burn your house down. So that's the problem with them. But that's but that's how how governments
4: operate. I, I don't understand why you would characterize any aspect of that as anarchy uh because a lot of things are going to happen under anarchy that you
3: and i don't like because although i think we have wonderful philosophy we have a philosophy that not everybody shares and so you know, the Hells Angels are still going to be a thing under anarchy. As a matter of fact, they may be a larger thing. They may be a government. I think we in strayed away area. from
2: what Chris was calling about, though. Chris, I think you had more you it's to It's insulting that he would call that anarchy. I think you, well, you guys can get into that in a bit. But Chris, uh, you had more to say, I think?
4: Yeah, well,
0: <clears throat> maybe, maybe we shouldn't present it as a government. Maybe we should present it as society, so different societies, because there can be. Different governments and different, and uh, like two governments in one society, there can be that. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen
1: live, and more—all for free at FreetalkLive.com.